Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. This is episode number 57. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm actually pre-recording this very early, so I'm recording this on April 25th and this is being released in June, so happy June. But today just so happens to be National Lingerie Day and my guest today just posted an awesome picture with her in lingerie and it kind of like inspired me and I'm like oh shit now I need to like find my old lingerie photo shoots boudoir photo shoot and post so thank you to her for the inspiration I love it I am so freaking excited and pumped up about this guest I have actually been wanting her on for quite a while I've loved her content it really is so educational it's fun it's inspiring so I'm very very honored to have her on my podcast today but just a few little things that I want to talk about before then if you have not gotten a chance to go on Facebook and add the group My Naked Mindsetters I would love for you to join that group it is so much fun just getting to know each other in there and really just share content and funny memes and education and get advice. Like I really want it to just be like a super fun, judgment-free conversations and funny things to laugh about because I know I love some of the Facebook groups that I'm in and they literally are so great. So that's kind of where I want to connect with all of you. And yeah, so I would love if you searched My Naked Mindsetters on Facebook and added that group. I would love to have you. So as it is June, I am super, super excited because this is my birthday month. It is becoming summer, which if you live in like New England, you know that it is like super, super exciting if you're a summer person, like let's fucking go. Let's bring the sunshine and the warmth because I am so ready for it. So June 25th is my birthday and this is a big one because I'm turning the, you know, the big 3-0, which I'm still so, I just can't believe that I'm that old. Like it's, it's not even that I'm old, but it's just like, I can't believe that I am going to be 30 and saying goodbye to my 20s. It's so wild to me. So I am going to be doing a birthday episode, so definitely stay tuned for that one. I want it to be super fun and maybe have like a few different, you know, guests, which I think would be super fun. So yeah, happy, happy June. Okay, well, I'm going to shut up now and we are going to get to the guest. I hope you guys enjoy this. I am so excited to share this with you. All right, everyone. I have such an amazing guest today. She is a physician's assistant women's sexual health educator and intimacy coach and speaker. She is also the podcast host of Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators. She has also been featured in Cosmopolitan Magazine, Women's Health Magazine. Everyone, please welcome Jordan to the show. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to have you here today. I can't wait to just get into all of the juicy stuff that I know both of us love chatting about. So I'm super glad to have you here today. Yes. Thank you so much for asking me to join you. I can't wait to see where our conversation goes today. I know it can go in so many different directions, which is so fun. So 
I always like to know like the first thing of, you know, how you got started on your podcast, kind of how you got to where you are today. So I'll give you kind of the abbreviated version of the story. This journey started years ago, honestly, when I was a teenager, I was the girl that all of my friends went to for their health questions, their STI questions, their birth control questions. I went with them to Planned Parenthood, things like that. And fast forward a few years, I started uh, selling sex toys for a MLM. And that is really where my education for sexual health grew. And I already love talking about it, but I had the opportunity to learn so much more fast forward. I went to PA school or a physician assistant. They just changed the name to physician associate. I should probably update my bio on that, but, um, yeah, which I think it can be a little confusing for some people, but PA, when I went to PA school, you know, we spent two weeks on women's health and what I had done is I was sharing that information to my clients from my business. I was talking weekly about endometriosis, PCOS, uh, arousal response, desire, all types of things, sexual health, women's health related. And it was on a private platform. And my, my, um, clients were like, Hey, you need to get this out to more people. Like people in the community were wanting it. And I'm like, okay, okay, sure. It kind of just happened where I launched the vaginas, vulvas and vibrators podcast because people wanted it. Wow. That's incredible. So it's just kind of like your passion, like you were saying. And yeah, I love that. Cause I similar to you was always just so intrigued by sex ever since I really started having sex. I was like, wow. Like I would even talk about it with my girlfriends. Cause I went to cosmetology school, like in high school, I went to a trade school and I would just like, like, obviously uh, they were willing to chat with me about it, but I would just be like, oh yeah, like me and my boyfriend did this and just crazy shit. They would always joke and say like, oh yeah, Janae has like whips in her bedroom and stuff like that. And it was just like, it was kind of a joke, but then that's kind of how I started being just so intrigued about just sex and intimacy in general. Um, so what would you say is like the most intriguing part about sex and intimacy? What intrigues you most? The most intriguing part I think is how we're all so different and we like very different things and all of them are natural and totally normal. Yes, that's so true. Yeah. There's no like cookie cutter. Like you, you and I like probably very different things and even different partners, you're going to like different things with them too. And it's just so unique. So I think that is what is really fascinating about sex. I agree. It is so interesting. And you're like, oh, you tried that. Like, oh, now I'm going to need to try it. So it can be super fun. Like just chatting with your girlfriends or obviously we're podcasters. we give it to the world and say, Hey, here you go. Like that's, that's the fun part about it for sure. Um, so obviously I know you are a intimacy coach. And so walk me through, like, what is like the most common maybe question you get asked or most, you know, looked over thing about sex or intimacy that you usually get? Yeah. There's a couple of questions that I commonly get. The first one is going to be, am I normal about a million different things? We all want to know, are we normal? Is this normal? Is what I like normal? Everything normal. That's like probably the biggest question. The other question that I commonly see is 
or what I see a lot with my clients is having a hard time connecting to yourself and really developing a relationship with yourself because you really need to learn what you like so that you can articulate that to somebody else. Because if you don't know what you like, nobody really is going to know because they can't read your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the biggest thing is that a lot of women are disconnected from their own bodies and need guidance on how to come into their body and really be present. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think it is, it was such a taboo topic to talk about self-pleasure and masturbating and toys and all this stuff that I feel like is coming more naturally, I guess you could say. And, and obviously I'm a definite, like firm believer in like self-pleasure and you should do it because then you can learn about your own self and what feels good to you. And then you can kind of show that or teach that to your partner. And I think that's something that's such an interesting thing that some people are just like, oh, I don't own a vibrator. I don't, you know, own any sex toys. I've never used one. Um, and even some of my girlfriends, like I actually had a sex toy party probably two months ago and it was so much fun. And we literally had such a blast, but I did have a few girlfriends there that did not own any. And so this was like their first experience with like buying one. And that can be a little bit intimidating if it is your first time, like, which one do I want? And just so many different, there's so many different ones, right? External, internal. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's so many options. There's so many. And so it definitely can be intimidating, but what, what do you usually like, you know, say to women that are nervous about what to get and kind of maybe a starting point? Like, what would you recommend to them? So I love this question. And I actually talked about this on my podcast at one point, but one of the biggest tips I would say is that you should grab a toy that provides you pleasure, um, let me rephrase that. So if you like clitoral stimulation, get a clitoral toy. If you like vaginal stimulation, get a vaginal toy. If you like G-spot stimulation, get a G-spot toy. If you are unsure, get a clitoral toy because 80% Mm -hmm. of women need clitoral stimulation. And so a lot of times, if you don't really know what you like, you are exploring, starting with clitoral is a lot of times a pretty safe bet. That's a good tip for sure. And I agree. That's that's something that a lot of people I think are exploring about and just like getting used to, oh, okay. Like that's, that's where the the good stuff is. Like <laughs> that's the spot. I personally love like the G spot too. Cause that squirting, I did an ep- not a full episode, but like I pretty much told people how it works for me. And I have told so many people about how to try to do it. And from my experiences and it's like no other, I don't know if you, (laughs) you've experienced that, but squirting is on, I don't even know. It's unreal for me personally. I am definitely going to have to go listen to your episode about that. Cause I'm, I'm curious, do you have like an enjoy wand or like, what do you use for your G spot stimulation? So I do have a toy, but honestly, my fingers do the trick for me. So I can do either one, but I do have like a little, it's like a, it's literally just like a G spot thing, but it also has like the suction thing for your clit. Oh yeah. Which 
that thing is also amazing. <laughs> those, those sucky ones are next level. Not everybody likes them. However, if you like yeah. them, you love them. That's what I've kind of seen from my, my patients or my clients. I love that. That's so good. And then what would you say, like knowing what you want? I know sex is something that you obviously want to have good sex and you want to, um, you know, share your your partner, what feels good to you. Um, But sometimes it's kind of like an awkward situation, like, oh, how am I supposed to tell him that I want him to do this? Or I really don't like this position, but I really want him to try this one, but I don't really know how to approach that. How do you usually suggest people like getting the sex that they really desire? So I think there is, there's a lot to this question in that first thing is, is discovering what you want. First of all, that is what leads to better sex is knowing what you want. One of the biggest things I've seen with my clients is that a lot of women don't know that their sex could be better and they think that they're having good sex and they haven't unlocked that next level that they didn't even know was there. That's one of the biggest things that I've seen with clients. The other thing as far as like, how do you communicate what you want? I think it comes down to practice and Mm. starting, starting small, you know, like I really liked when you did this, can we do more of this? I, you know, use I statements. I feel I like things like that so that you're not targeting your partner and saying, you know, I don't like when you do this. Okay. But what did you like and compliment the positive that that's a lot of times going to go a little bit further. Um, what else can you do? One thing that I use with my clients is something that I called a, there's a lot of different names for it, but I call this my round table discussion where you sit down with your partner and on a regular basis, like a weekly basis. And you talk about life, but then also like, what type of play are you going to have? What are you looking for? So that your communication is continually open about your sex intimacy and just life. Like what's coming up for you? How do you need to be supported? Are you going to be stressed out this week? What do you need to survive? Do you need dinner on this day? Is that going to help you be successful for your week? but really opening up that communication line between your partner is the most important thing that you can do. I love that. That is such good advice. I'm going to actually use that in my relationship because I always do encourage people to have those sit down conversations, you know, whether it's once a month, you know, twice a month, however um, often, but I think it's so important to talk about, you know, how, self-reflect how we've been feeling, you know, is something off with us, you know, if there's a pattern continuing to try to like break down what's going on. Um, But I do like the thought of kind of bringing the sex life into that as well, because obviously that's one of, I mean, personally, I think one of the most important parts of a relationship is, is, you know, having that intimacy and being connected, right? Because that's, that's what we want. So that's, that's such good advice. I love that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of relationships don't last. One is for money and the other is sex and intimacy. And so if, and those are the two topics that a lot of couples don't talk about and having open lines of communication about it can change the direction of your relationship potentially. Oh, for sure. I totally agree. That's, that's really interesting. Um, Okay. So let's talk about blow jobs. (laughs) What would you say? I know this one I actually I've like lightly talked about but I haven't gotten like into it but like do you have a 
blowjob tip that you could tell my listeners or like, I don't know, something to switch it up maybe. So blowjob tip. I think one of the fun tips that usually is kind of like the finisher, the closer Mm -hmm. is eye contact. So men love the eye contact, especially when their penis is half in your mouth half not or, or whatever, and you make eye contact with them, that a lot of times is, is the finisher for them. Um, so that's, that would be probably like one of my favorite tips. I love that. That is definitely on the list for sure. I feel like that's a good one. And I think, um, the one that comes to mind for me is like almost like slurping your tongue around the head, right. When you kind of go down on it that one for whatever reason just makes I mean there's so much there's just so many nerve endings right on that area and just like insane feeling for them I assume yeah um I feel like that's always a good one too the other thing that I would add is um totally drew a blank for a second there (laughs) oh with like when you are going down on your partner, using your like lips to cover your teeth so that you don't accidentally bite them. I didn't know, I didn't realize this till I had conversations with more of my girlfriends about this. Like that's not standard, mm. but um, that is something that men do really like. Yes. That's a great tip too. Cause no one wants to be accidentally bitten. That is never a fun time. <laughs> not at all. Um, so I know what is your relationship status actually? Uh, my relationship status is technically very single, single, love it. So do you have any like insane dating sex stories that were like horrible or very good? Either one, I guess. So when it comes to like dating, your definition of dating is very, important to define all of my situationships in that, um, I don't date actually, I don't date at all. I have a lot of sex, but I don't date love most of my, um, adventures involve travel and it's like meeting people on the road or in different countries, different, um, cities, things like that. So a couple stories for you. Ooh, where do we want to begin? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So I guess like a, we'll do a bad story first. Okay. So this was probably like six years ago. I was, I was going on a date at this time and afterwards he took me home and I'm in the process of writing a book, by the way, about all of my stories, all of my sexual encounters, because most of them are pretty hilarious and they're just, they're a good, they're a good read. It's great erotica. But anyways, this guy, we named him, uh, I named him Jack rabbit in that the sex with him was just like a Jack rabbit. Like there was nothing else to it. It was just like fast and hard. And that was it. Oh, wow. Same rhythm. He wanted to be on top the whole time. I couldn't leave his house fast enough. However, he had picked me up. So he had to drive me home. And the next morning when he drove me home, he was like running over all of the curbs. And I was so confused. I like, it was, I never called him again. Obviously it was just bad. It was all bad. Yeah. Wow. That's weird. Do you, was he was drunk really still weird. or something? 
quite possibly. Yeah. I don't like, honestly, I don't even know. It was just like, so it was so weird. It was so weird. So weird. Jackrabbit. That's, I mean, it can be a certain point of the, the sexual, I always call it sexual seduction, <laughs> like with my girlfriends, but like a part of it can be like that, but not the whole thing. That's right. horrible. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, but I'm sure like we've all had that where you've had like at least one bad experience. And I would say that that is probably like my, I don't want to say it's my only bad experience, but like my only very memorable bad experience. And it was like one where I would never call again. Most everybody else I would still call again and be like, you know, I can, I can help you a little bit. I can coach you through this a little bit, but maybe it wasn't the best ever, but I can still work with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Th- there's always that one that's like terrible and you're like, oh my gosh. And you like laugh about it after it's like comical. It's like, oh my Lanta, what, what was he thinking? So did you like try to like do something else? And he just was like, not having it. I believe I asked to like change it up and he just kept wanting to go right back to that. And I'm like, oh my God, wow. are you serious? Yeah, he needs to listen to some podcasts or do something. Right, <laughs> like, right. Go listen up, to Cam Frazier. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you have any other horrible ones or really good experiences that you'd like to share? I have a very good experience I can share. Okay, let's hear it. Ooh, there's, I mean, I have a lot of funny stories that I could share, but um, I was in Cancun one time and... I happened to be seeing this other guy. I was on a travel, a group trip. I happened to be seeing this other guy while I was there who did not come with the group, but I kind of like brought him in with the group, saw him for a couple of days. He went home. And then one of the guys from the group messaged me and was like, do you finally have time for me? And I was like, yes, please. He was (laughs) the cutest boy in the entire group. And I'm like, hell yes. Yes. So this man. (laughs) you're like getting hot I can't even yep pretty much I'm getting a little warm over here but um it was like the most passionate thing ever there was no penetration at all um it but it was so passionate and so fun and he made me feel so comfortable like it was just like where he sets you on the counter and kisses your neck type situation right like holy fucking shit. Can I swear on here? Oh yes, you can. Okay. Perfect. I figured, but I just wanted to double check. And then like we got into the shower and like, oh my God, the hair pulls were just perfect. Like everything about it was perfect. And yeah, I still talk to him. Oh, okay. Nice. That's how it started. (laughs) Kind of how it ended too, but that's mostly just how it started. That's amazing though. That's, that's a big thing too, is when you have that crazy passion, it's like, it's like another level. And when you, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all had those situations where it's very blah and like vanilla and just like, there's no passion or like not even that much chemistry. And you thought that it was going to be great. It's like, oh, like just not a fun situation for sure. Yeah. The passion in, just takes it up to a whole nother level. Right. 100%. It's very steamy and hot in there for sure. Mm -hmm. When you get those situations. Um, 
What would you say? I kind of want to get into like the STD talk a little bit because I know some people were curious about that. Um, So is there like a overall maybe a misconception um, that you see here a lot about STDs and STIs? Yes. So first thing, um, as far as terminology, I would use STIs, sexually transmitted infections, because the, the term STD is kind of outdated at this point where if you have an STI, you're not going to have a disease necessarily. Some may develop into diseases. However, most of them are infections that are treated with antibiotics, whatever, and taken care of. So the technical term now is STI. The biggest misconception that I hear is if I use a condom, I'm going to be protected against STIs. And although that is a true statement, it does not protect you hundred percent. And there are STIs that are transmitted via skin to skin contact. And so condoms don't protect all of the skin. You know, if you look at the, the vulva, the vulva is not covered. The base of the penis isn't covered. So condoms don't protect you against things that transmit via skin to skin. And I think that's the biggest misconception out there. Interesting. That is very, very true. And I think a lot of people don't know that you're so right. I've, I mean, I've talked with a lot of people about just STDs and, or I'm sorry, STIs. And they were like, I didn't know that. And I was like, yeah, girl, like gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. And it's all age groups that, you know, don't know this information and that I think in school we're taught, oh, well, if you use a condom, you're good. But the reality is like, that's actually not necessarily the case. Like condoms will reduce your risk you know, and it is a safer sex practice. It's going to minimize your potential risk. It protects you against pregnancy, but it's not hundred percent foolproof. Yeah, no, that's so true. Now, if someone did have an STI, how do you usually recommend them like telling their partner? Mm. I love, I love this. So I have herpes and I got lots of practice disclosing this information. And I honestly think that that's what it comes down to is practice, practice, disclosing to your friends, the people that you trust that are in your close circle start there. Um, but what I've also found is that a lot of people don't really give a shit. And, you know, the biggest thing is when you have open communication, you are reducing your risk of transmission and because you're able to say, Hey, you know, not right now. I I feel like an outbreak is coming on if it, if it is herpes or, um, something like that, but that open communication actually reduces your risk of transmission. Absolutely. And do you think, you know, say a couple is kind of getting hot and heavy and they haven't had sex yet. Um, do you think that there's ever a point where it's too soon to tell them or, you know, obviously, like you said, ex- uh, practice. And I think that's such a good way to put it is telling your family, maybe telling some friends, but do you think that there's ever like a time stamp on, okay, you know, I think that this might be a good time. So I think that late or um, sooner is better than later. Mm-hmm. Yep. However, like better later than never also. So, I mean, I, I encourage disclosure, 100% encourage disclosing Uh, for me personally, I usually wait until like the conversation 
gets a little bit hotter and heavier. So if I just met you and we're not talking about being intimate, probably haven't told you because there's really no reason to tell you that. Also, when it comes to disclosing, it's a really good tool for weeding out partners as well, because if they're like really negative, they aren't accepting, they say nasty things. Is that even somebody that you want to date anyways? So it honestly weeds people out for you as well. That's something that I've found with the experience, um, too. That's yeah, that's a good tip too, because you're right. If, if someone is nasty about it and rude to you, it's like, why would you want to be with someone like that anyways, or, you know, have that sexual experience with them? Cause someone should be 100%, you know, open and, and, um, you know, just up front with you and, and vice versa. And you want someone that's going to respect you. Right. And so I think that's, that's so, so important. Um, do you think a lot of people do get a lot of negative, negative reactions with STIs? Have you heard? So I would say that it depends. Yeah. Yes and no, but it also depends on how you present that information. So if you come at that information very confident and very um, secure, then it's going to be received way differently than say, so um, I need to tell you that I have herpes. I know if you come with a negative connotation behind it, they're going to feel that. Mm. And then a lot of times their reception is going to be a little bit different. But if you just say like, Hey, I have X, Y, and Z. Is that cool? It's a very different response. Absolutely. That is, that's a really good way to put it for sure. Um, and then just like, this is a very interesting one that I, I got from my listeners. So they were talking about like faking orgasms. And I think that that's something that I feel like I've heard a lot, even just from like my, my girlfriends and like the people I've talked to about sex. Now say hypothetically a couple, the woman in particular has been faking orgasms and she kind of wants to like not do that anymore. And, and, you know, she wanted to hype up her, her significant other, but then she realized, you know what, that's actually not, I'm not getting pleasure out of this. So why am I faking it? She kind of questioned herself. Now, how do you think the best way she could tell her partner, Hey, I've been faking these. How would you like suggest someone approaching that situation? Mm. I think that can be a little bit tricky because for, especially depending on how long you've been in a relationship, they potentially this whole time, you know, if it's five years you've been together and they think that they're providing you with pleasure this whole time, that can be a lot of information for them to receive and they may respond a little bit differently than what you would like them to respond. Mm. I think that's why it's so important to upfront be very honest, you know, about, about your feelings, about everything, honestly. So, um, what I would probably say is just start by asking for what you want to try Mm. and maybe not just come out of the gate and be like, Hey, I've been faking orgasms for the last five years. You could just maybe try and explain like, Hey, I'd like to do some more of this again, going back to that communication. I would like this, would like more of that, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually 
maybe start having that conversation of like, this doesn't really help me, but I, I think that it can be a little bit tricky because your, your partner's ego potentially will be a little bruised. For sure. Yeah. That's definitely rocky waters. And I was kind of curious, like what your take was on it, but I think I agree. Like it's, you never want to go negative and say, oh, well, I've been doing this for this amount of time. Cause I think that that would hurt someone and that would probably hurt their feelings. And then they probably would be uncomfortable with maybe having sex with you again, because they're like, oh, well, she's been faking it. So what actually feels good? Um, so I definitely think it's putting in the, the positivity spin on it and just saying, hey, like, let's try this. And oh, that feels like really, really good when you do that. And positive reinforcement, I think is usually the way to go for those types of situations for sure. Yeah. The other thing that I would maybe say is like talking with your partner and being like, Hey, you know, I'm on this sexual journey, this exploration journey, and I would like to explore some more, you know, through this journey, I discovered that I wasn't getting as much pleasure as I wanted, or that there's more amounts of pleasure or just be honest and say, Hey, I was, I was faking orgasms because I wanted to make sure that you were having a good experience. And this is what I was taught, or this is what I know of what it looks like when a woman is having a good experience and, or for, or sorry, for a man to have a good experience in this particular situation. And so I think that if you're just honest with them too, about, Hey, I would, I didn't know better. And I was prioritizing your pleasure because I thought this was what would make things better. And now that I'm on this journey, I would actually like to explore X, Y, and Z or, or something to that effect too. And just be honest about, Hey, this is why I was doing it, whatever your reason is, but let's work together. Yes. I love that. That's such good advice working together too. I mean, that is such an underrated like situation. I feel like it's, you're in a, you're in a relationship, you know, like working together and, and being open to exploring, I think is also, <clears throat> excuse me, a very interesting situation. Cause some people I've just, I keep hearing like, we do the same, you know, we do the same position starting and then we do this one and then we, you know, and then he finishes on my back. Um, and that's something that I've always been like intrigued about as well. Um, and just like switching it up and, you know, I'm a firm believer in like, you know, whatever that may be, whether that's talking to your friends, getting ideas, watching porn, kind of getting different thoughts, reading erotica or listening to erotica reading, really, there's so many different ways. I mean, I've gotten so many tips from listening to a bajillion sex podcasts. And I tell people that all the time. Um, yes. But that was like before I started mine. But I think, you know, we can get so in our head or, you know, in such like a pattern, right, of just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's like, all right, well, I want to switch it up. Um, so what do you think is like, I don't know if someone is in a rut and they're like, I've been doing the same thing over and over again, besides like communicating, like what other tips do you think is like good to, you know, switch it up? So I'm totally going to steal this one from my friend, Rachel Maine, who also has a podcast owning your sexual self, but her and her husband have like a hundred position book 
and they open it up to a new page and they're like, we're going to try this. And then they write a little review next to it so that they remember next time. And then they keep track of all of the ones that they really liked to go back and do again. And Ooh. I think that could be a really fun way to explore new positions. And you're, you're going to do every single one out of the book. Doesn't mean you're going to like them all. Some you're going to like more than others, but then track that so that you can go back and use some of those in the future. Ooh, I love that. That's super cool. So it's just like a little book. That's so mm -hmm. fun. I've actually heard, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the adventure book. It's like a Polaroid. Um, so it has like little, you scratch off with a little coin and it tells you like a date night, but they have like family ones. They have date nights. They have, um, I think like a friend one. So it like tells you, you have to like go out to the store and buy something and, and it's like a date and then you take a picture with the Polaroid, but they recently come came out with a sec. I think it's, I want to say it's sex positions or, or sexual related. So it's like, go to maybe a sex store and buy something and try it out. And I don't know what the pictures involve. I don't know if it's like while you're in the act, I'm not really sure, but it sounds super, super cool. And that could also be another option. You know, if you do want to spice things up, I know, um, I'm sure you've heard of Sex with Emily, Emily Morse. Um, I freaking love her, her podcast, I love. Um, and so I know she has that yes, no, maybe list, mm -hmm. um, which is also such a great tool. Um, so for our listeners, um, it's basically a list of all sorts of different things, you know, anal and anal beads and vibrators and just different positions, kinks, um, just a massive list. And so what you and your partner do is you kind of go through them. You could, you could print out two or you could print out one and kind of do it together. But you basically check, check mark things that you are totally interested in, maybe, or uh, no, not, I'm not so much into that. So that could also be a great tool for someone to, you know, want to explore, like, let's try new things. Um, so speaking of which, I think that, didn't you do an episode on kinks and fetish, fetishes? Am I thinking I of have. that? I have done that. I, as far as like the want, will, won't list, I actually, or the yes, no, maybe list. I have one that I use with my clients as well. Cool. And it's so helpful for seeing what you might be into, seeing what your partner might be into. And when you do this, both of you fill them out independently. And then when you are comparing, like start with the first row, if somebody's a no, that's automatically off the table, no discussion, no trying to convince them that anything, you know, and then reevaluate every couple of months, redo your yes, no, maybe list or your won't, will, won't list. But um, if it's a yes or a maybe for both of you, then that's something that you can explore with your partner highly recommend utilizing something like that to get a little bit more creative in, in your relationship. Honestly, like most of those lists are so extensive. I know the one that I use so extensive that there's things on there that you, you may not know, you may have to Google. Right. That's so true too. I actually did a, I forget what the test was called, but it was basically all of these different, um, I feel like you probably know what it is. It was all these different. Um, Is it the BDSM test? Yes. Thank you. I couldn't think of the name, but it was all these different. That's kinks, right? Yep. Kinks. Um, so all these different kinks. And it was very interesting. So like 
I'm more of like the submissive person, but like sometimes I might want to be dominant. Um, and there was just, I mean, that's just like very low level of what this test was. So that's also something to try. Um, and I think it's literally, I just found it on Google. And those are things that you can definitely be like, oh, okay, I would be into that. And it kind of lists some stuff out. So you can kind of see, oh yeah, I would like that. Or, oh no, I'm not into that at all. So that's also definitely fun for sure. Yeah. That's a great tool for looking at like, what do you possibly want to explore? I know Mm. in that quiz, they're looking at like, do you want to be like, are you a rope bunny? Do you like to be tied up? Are you a rigger? Somebody that likes to tie somebody up. Do you like animal play? Do you like daddy daughter? Do you like, or, um, mother son? I mean, do you like, oh gosh, what else is in there? Dom sub literally anything under the sun that you could potentially think of is probably in there. It it has, it's very extensive quiz. Yeah, it is super interesting. And I, you're right. I had to look up some stuff because I was like, what is that? Like I had never heard of some of this stuff. So it can be super fun if you want to explore and try some, try some new things. Um, And then what would you say is like something you know, when you're trying out new things, obviously, I think one of the fun things that I love to do personally is like, go in a new spot, like have sex in a new place or a new well bedroom, you know, rooms are obvious, but like being in public or, you know, when you're on vacation doing some crazy shit, like I, I'll tell you one of my stories, me and my boyfriend went to Aruba last year. And, you know, my dream, and I will do this one day, but I have yet to do it. I've always wanted to have sex on the beach. I know it can be a little risky, but like I would put a lot of blankets. Like I don't want to get vagina up there. I I am very, very aware of how horrible that would be, but that is my dream. Okay. I I just, I need to do it one day and it's going to happen, but haven't got there yet. Anyways, I derail. So we were, you know, we had some drinks in us and I was like, you know what? We should do it on the balcony. And I was a little nervous because I was like, watch me get arrested in Aruba. I was like, I was a little paranoid. So we like, we, he sat in like the chair and we were kind of like in the corner of the balcony. Cause I was like, there's like people walking around. Like, I don't want someone to see us. Like I was, it was a little late at night. It was probably like 11 or 12, but I was still like, there's like security guards like walking around the grounds to make sure there's no one trying to get in. I'm like just naked on the balcony having sex with my boyfriend just super casually. Um, but that, but it's the risk too. It's like, are we going to get caught? It's like, so it's so hot. So that was my extremely fun. I love that. <laughs> it so- reminds me, it reminds me of my weekend actually just this last weekend. So I went on a little vacation with the the guy that I'm currently seeing and we were staying in this like $2,000 a night hotel, very bougie ass hotel. We were doing a little bit of day drinking and ended up in the hot tub. There are people in the pool, not the hot tub. They were in the pool. They were sun tanning and we definitely fucked in the hot tub with all of these people there in this bougie ass hotel. That is awesome. But that adds so much fun though. When you, for some people, it's not everybody's thing, but I have a lot of, honestly, I have a lot of stories of public sex in that 
I end up in the Dominican Republic behind a building, like in the rainforest in the Dominican Republic. Let's see. Just all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. But, you know, it's something to, to try. And I was trying to explore the balcony this weekend. However, the balconies were all attached. Ooh. Yeah. And so like, there just really wasn't an option at all. Like it, there was no option. There was no way. So yeah, I wow. didn't, didn't do that. That sounds so fun though. A rainforest. I freaking yes. love that. I was oh. terrified a snake was going to come out. Oh yeah. I, I would be terrified too. <laughs> like That's, make this fast. <laughs> that is so fun. Okay. Have you ever heard of like the crazy, like Either you or someone that you've heard of, like the craziest place you've ever heard of someone having sex at. Anything come to mind? Um, I'll tell you another crazy spot. I've done it in the club, which I think is really crazy because the club is very packed and there's people everywhere. Definitely got kicked out. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way. Badass Jordan. <laughs> But I don't know. I haven't heard of a ton of other people's good stories. What have you heard? So one of my very close friends, I, I still don't know how she did this. She did it while the guy was driving on the highway. Very Ooh, no, dangerous. Dangerous. Very dangerous. But she was like, it was so hot because it was like, are we going to die? Or like, are we going to crash? Or is someone, and it was pure, it was daylight. It was literally daylight. So she was like, there was cars driving by looking at us. And she was like, it just was so hot. And I was like, girl, you crazy, but good for you. (laughs) Yeah. I could totally see like oral sex while driving. That's a little bit safer, but I couldn't imagine like there's probably one position you could do it in, but how Mm. are you going to move the steering wheel? And like, how fast are you driving? I have so many questions. (laughs) I do too. It was, I think that they want, I want to say that they were in like a, a truck of some sort and so it was kind of easy to like move but still I don't know how the the because I feel like if you're on someone right how are you holding the steering wheel and being able to see like he must have had to like move his head around or something I don't know but crazy that's crazy that is <laughs> still so crazy. To day, I love it. Like, girl you crazy I think my other crazy one I'll share with you was I was in Dominican and I had like the spa massage for like my birthday. Um, And so they, it was just me that he like bought it for me, but they allowed him to come with me in the hot tub. And so I was like, okay. So it was, it was kind of weird. It was like, like those half door separator things. So it wasn't like a full on other room. So you walked up a few stairs and it was the, the uh, hot tub. So we're in there and I'm like, yeah, we're going to have sex. So we did. But the woman that was giving us or giving me the massage, she could have like walked in at any point. I was like, okay, your time is up. So I was like, well, we're going to do it. And if she sees us, fuck it. Like it's my birthday. I don't really care. So that one was also very, very risky. Like if there's someone going to walk in or like see you, it just makes it so much more insane. (laughs) Yeah, it, it does. Or if like they're literally actually watching, which speaking of that, you know, you have like your sex clubs that you can go to where you do have that option of being exhibitionist where people can watch you have sex or, um, a voyeuristic where you enjoy watching other people have sex. Those are some of the things on the BDSM test as well. But 
it's something worth potentially exploring. And in a sex club, it's a little bit safer environment in that it's it's, uh, accepted there. Um, In public, you definitely can get arrested for this shit, but. Yeah. Yeah, So be careful out there, but also have fun. Um, Exactly. I've actually, I've never experienced a sex club. Have you ever heard anyone going to one and was their experience good? Like I have a lot of friends that regularly go to sex clubs. I have been to one myself. I would like to go to a few more, a little bit different. There's so many different styles of sex clubs in like the Texas area. They have something called Coletta's. And I think that there's one in Dallas, one in Houston, but that's a pretty popular one where they have all these different rooms. But in a sex club, what you can kind of expect is a variety of different rooms where different things happen. We'll just put it that way. Some are going to have like little holes in the wall where you can just stick your penis in this hole. And then somebody on the other side just performs oral on it uh, where you don't even know anything other than that. You have rooms where they're all windows. You have rooms where there's orgies happening. You have, um, I mean, some places have pools and hot tubs. It really just depends on the club, but there is so much that you can explore in a sex club. I had, um, a friend tell me about a, it wasn't a sex club, but it was a sex party that they went to. And in each room, there was a different experience. So there was a a rigor in one room that was tying people up. There was electric play in one. There was fire play in another. There was an orgy room. Um, Trying to think what else he told me was in there, but like all of these different experiences that you can explore. That's so cool. I'm intrigued. Now, I know I want to go so bad. Do you invite people that like your friends or just like randos? I wonder in that situation. I think it depends on your comfortability level. Yeah. Personally, for me, I would want to invite somebody that I am comfortable with, who I plan on being intimate with, if probably already are intimate with, so that there's not too many new things happening all at once, um, who can provide like that safe space for me. Um, Now that's different for everybody as a woman going to a sex club. You don't need a partner. Men typically cannot get into sex clubs without a female partner Interesting. or they have to pay more. It depends on the club, but there are some rules about that too. Hmm. Wow. I'm intrigued about this. I've actually never, I think I've talked with like a one person about sex clubs. So I was always so intrigued about you know, what happens. And I've heard like some stories, but I haven't really gone into that or like explored that. So that might be something on my list actually that I might want to, I might want to get into. (laughs) Yeah. Put it on your sex bucket, sex bucket list. I have a friend that I can connect you with too, that you may want to talk with on the podcast who really focuses on like threesomes and how to explore that and navigate that. And, and, um, a lot of times, you know, that involves the sex club potentially where you're going in and meeting different, um, individuals to participate and play with you. So yeah, I can introduce you to some, some people to learn more about it. If you want to explore that Avenue. Yes, no, I totally would. I'm, it's very intriguing for me. So I definitely, I definitely just want to learn pretty much everything that has to do with sex. And I really, 
I meant to tell you this earlier when we were chatting about, um, you know, how you got to where you were, but my goal is to really become a intimacy coach as well. That's definitely, I feel like I should do it at this point because I'm constantly talking about it and always researching and stuff, but I really just want like the certification behind me. So that's definitely something that I want to do for sure. Yes. I love that. There's such a need for sex positive people out there. And there's so much that individuals can explore and discover. And honestly, when you work with an intimacy coach, you have the option of not having to find all that information on your own and that they have already done the dirty work. They've already got in there. They've learned it all and they can give you what you need to know a lot easier and also just help normalize the natural things that our bodies do. Cause I think that's one of the biggest things. So, so much room for that. I love that. That's so, that's so nice to hear too, because I feel like so many people are like, Janae, you talk about sex on a podcast. Like, aren't you nervous that someone's going to hear it? Or I don't know. They just like very judgy. And I'm like, and some of my family has had a little bit of a little bit of trouble with comprehending the fact that I'm talking about this, but on the other hand, like you were just saying, people need this type of accessibility and resources because, you know, this is a huge topic that people really struggle with or, you know, and that can look like many different, you know, avenues, but I think it is so needed and having people that you can go to and feel comfortable with. Um, I've had so many people on and they're like, oh, Janae, you make it so easy to talk to. And like, you know, you're, you, you make it very comfortable and not like I'm judge, you know, judging or, you know, um, so that's something that obviously a podcasting, my podcast, I preach just like zero judgment and just like, um, you can come to me with anything. And I think that that's something that's so nice about coaching is that you really can just open up. And I think that's so beautiful. Um, I love it. My story actually is, is similar in that I started my podcast before I ever became a coach and like coach was long-term plan, which I was thinking like 10 years down the line. And next thing I know, it was like a year later. I was like, Oh, okay. I guess we're doing this. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Good for you for just following your passions. I just, I love when people just are so passionate about something and they just go for it. Right. Cause that's, at the end of the day, I feel like if you're happy and content with what you're doing, then that's a beautiful thing. Right. And so that's so, that's so inspiring. I love that. Love it. Love it. I was going to add one thing too, about STIs. We were talking about myths. Something Uh that I just think is really, really important for the listeners to hear is that a lot of people say that they would know if they have an STI. Mm. However, that is not true. Most STIs are asymptomatic or have no symptoms. And the only way that you know about them is with testing. And so I think that's one really, really important thing to also take away about STIs. That's a really good point. And I think being tested regularly when you have a new partner, um, I know that that's something that, you know, when I was, you know, having my time and experiencing new people, I think that's something that was so critical. And also, you know, asking them, Hey, you know, when's the last time you got tested? I got tested around this day. Um, I think that's extremely critical, um, for sure. So that was very good input as well. Um, any last things 
to say before we kind of get into our game? Ooh, I don't think so. That was the last thing that came to mind that I wanted to make sure I mentioned. I think we're yeah. Good. No, awesome. All right. So this is called this or that. So it's just between one thing or another. Um, okay. So I go easy and then I kind of get into like the sex stuff, <laughs> trying to ease my way into it. Um, okay. So the first one is pizza or pasta? Pasta. Pasta. Do you prefer coffee or a smoothie? Coffee. Coffee. Okay. Decaf. <laughs> Decaf. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay. This one might be, might be tough. I don't know. If you could only have sex toys, that's the only thing you could have to pleasure yourself or oral sex only, which one? That is a really tough one. Um, I would probably go sex toys. Yes. Just get a womanizer. You get that same sensation. Right. <laughs> exactly. I, that's like the second person that's talked about that exact. Have you uh, had it? I have not. You might want to try it. <laughs> You're like, it you might, it might change your life. Okay. I'll, I'll have to get that one. Cause that's like, I'm not getting the second time I've heard that from someone recently. So I'm going to add that to my list. Um, would you rather have no sex for one year or no phone for one year? Damn, these are tricky. Um, I would probably have to say no phone. Love it. Woman after my own heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Mediocre sex all the time, meaning like weekly or mind blowing sex every six months. Mind blowing every six months. Love it. (laughs) I wish the listeners could see the faces I'm making over here because that, whew, that's a tough decision there. It is because it's like oh, mediocre. You're not like that pleased, but it's still sex. But mind blowing sex is a whole nother level. So I'm with you on that one. All right. Would you rather accidentally send a nude to one of your family members or your boss? Family all day. <laughs> You're like, nope. Um, oh my goodness that would be so bad I know I think about it too and I'm like when I ask people this question I'm like what would I choose I think I would choose my family because I would just be I'd be very embarrassed but like I guess they'd just have to get over it because they're my family right yeah if I sent it to my mom she'd probably clap (laughs) (laughs) she would support me 100% she'd be like oh is this a new pose you're trying to show me (laughs) that's amazing oh my gosh um okay the next one is would you rather be turned on 24 7 or only be turned on twice a year oh 24 <laughs> <laughs> 7 I love these answers I kind of thought that they were you were gonna choose some of these but it's great I love it this is this is hilarious um this one might be interesting would you rather fart every time you climax or get a bloody nose every time you climax? I'll take the bloody nose. <laughs> Both are terrible, but they are. Know, I asked that to my boyfriend last night. He's like, fart. 
I'm like, of course you would. That's such a man thing to say. Exactly. I was like, oh, you would. Um, This one's going to be tough. Never self-pleasure again or never have sex again? Mm. Man. I don't know. Um, I would probably, I guess, go with never self-pleasure. That's a tough one for sure. That would suck. It would. I would be, I would be sad. I would be crabby. Yes, me too. 100%. Okay. Do you prefer like dirty talk or like a long foreplay session before you get into it? Mm, Sexting. Yeah. Does that count as dirty talk? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here for that. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Yes, I love sexting. And no, it's unfortunate. My boyfriend hates it. He literally refuses. And I'm like, give me something. Like, just a little. Oh, damn. It's really tough. (laughs) But he'll tell me straight up. He's like, babe, I just can't. And he's like, whatever I'm doing. Like, I love that. When I'm, like, sitting at my desk or, like, when I used to go into the office, I would love like sexting I thought it was so much fun it can build so much tension and just like it's fun because you can kind of test out the waters of what that person may like be into and it's just it's exciting it's so hot it is so I know you're a traveler um I feel like you've been to so many amazing places so this one might be easy but would you rather travel for free for one year straight or be given 50k to spend on anything oh travel for travel. sure love it yep would you rather glow pink every time you're attracted to someone or glow red every time someone annoys you <laughs> glow pink <laughs> then they would find me easier <laughs> isn't that an interesting thought it is it really is um would you rather like be able to control weather or the ability to talk to animals Ooh. um I would say control the weather yeah that would be really cool uh, it would be sunny and beautiful every day yes love that um and then the last one is would you rather have eyes that film everything or ears that record everything? Film. Film. <laughs> love it. <laughs> then I can go back and watch that later. Yes. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, Jordan. Well, this was so much fun. I literally had so much fun chatting with you and getting to know more about you and your podcast and just all the knowledge that you have. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, please let everyone know where they can find you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful conversation. You can find me on Instagram at Jordan Donnell, J-O-R-D-A-N-D-N-E-L-L-E. You can also check out my website, jordandonnell.com. On there, you can get your free ultimate guide to foreplay as well. So be sure to go check that out. And then obviously the podcast, Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators, any platform that you listen to podcasts on YouTube, it is on YouTube. I forgot about that. Um, but I meant iHeartRadio, Spotify, I, um, Apple, everything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure having you on today. Yes. Thank you. 
All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed that super awesome conversation with me and Jordan. It was honestly so cool to just talk with someone who is so passionate about the same thing that I am, and I loved having her on. I hope you took something away or learned something from our conversation. Please connect with her, and you know where to connect with me at My Naked Mindset on all of your social media platforms. Check me out on TikTok and definitely connect with me on my Facebook group at, or not at, just search in Facebook my naked mindsetters and you will find the group there thank you so much for listening to another episode of my naked mindset i love you all bye